Yeah. Starting scream. I'm take I'm bouncing off of that energy, boy. So how can you lay that kind of body sound out and not use that? Yeah. That's the loose horse shit coming out of the butthole of the horse. Have you ever seen a horse actually take a loose shit? Their of butthole turns like inside out. Yeah, of course. It We've all seen prolapses. that, right? We have the yeah. internet. Or if you've ridden behind I mean, I've been horseback riding. Not yeah, to but brag. you know, you Google it. I took horseback riding lessons. As a child, and I didn't take to it. I did not care for the horseback riding. There was something about it. It's like this during your hardcore punk phase because I love Dave on a horse being like, fuck this. I hate this, but I'm here. (laughs) No, I was younger. I was younger. Polish. (laughs) It's like it's, it's like riding a motorcycle that doesn't want you on it. And so mm-hmm. I don't know. I it never it never worked for me. It didn't go. It didn't. I didn't. I didn't gain a, like a bond with the horse. You know. Yeah. Nothing spiritual or sexual. Nothing. None Your of that. Your ponytail didn't plug into it. Right. Right. Oh God. Speaking oh, of go, why? Why would you remind me of that movie? <laughs> well, because it's soon to be a. A video game that's gonna change everything and Is make it? our lives complete. I don't know. They're putting they're putting a lot of money into it, and it'll make all the money back. How amazing! But I don't know why. Yeah, how- well, it's like you talk about all the time, and you have a new series. I just saw you tweet with Jason Parjan about this, so you're finally gonna get it out of your system, hopefully. Of uh, you know. Why block? But the one part we don't understand is why the scripts are still bad. And why it still makes the money back, even when the script is bad. Like, why right. did the objectively bad Star Wars still work and make all the money still? Oh, I, I know why. Get it. There's no meritocracy no more. I know why. It's because they can. Because movies don't have to sell us on new ideas. Star, a Star Wars, there's, this is, I mean, we're, we're going to get to that in a later episode. Is there but no I, limit to how bad it could be? Is think, it like too big to fail? Yeah, I think, I think there's this element of like... I think it's it's tough because like you go after a movie like F9, Fast 9, and it's like everybody loved that movie. The movie's not hurting anybody. But then if you wait like 10 years, people are going to be like having have completely forgotten about that movie because a lot of and we're 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 going to talk about just like blockbusters, you know, just the movies that are going out into theaters to try to make a billion dollars. But mm-hmm. like they have this built-in fan base now, Star Wars where they don't have to try nearly as hard. And I don't know if that's really what's happening. Like, I am I doubt executives are sitting around going like, eh, let's just shit out another Star Wars. They're, they're, they'll gobble it up. But there's clearly like, you know, I, I think over time when you're making Star Wars, it's like, what are people going to do? Not see a Star Wars? You know, like you saw Force Awakens, right? Yeah, but for free, I didn't contribute oh. money to the problem. Yeah, but most people will just go do it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Jurassic World looked terrible from every and you know trailer, what, Dave? and I went and to, saw it anyway, like an asshole. To pile brag on brag, I saw it on horseback. Did you? Mm-hmm. That, I'm classy as shit. You are really uh, classy. I think it's good. You know what you're going to see. You know it's going to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> your, your expectations are set. You get what you expected. There's That's a weird, life. Yeah. There, I feel like, I don't know about you. My, I don't get like, 
bothered anymore when it's like they ruined my franchise. It's more like from a writing perspective where you're like, how did they do this? Like, how did they fuck this up? You know what I mean? Oh, well, it's a deeper, more bitter bothered because it's also your field of choice. Yeah. I, uh, no, I used to get, I definitely don't get bothered of like, this ruined my childhood. Right. But uh, I get bothered like, so they gave this guy a paycheck to do this shit? Right. I don't understand. Just Dave could have punched that script up <laughs> so easily. <laughs> right. You could have written a Jurassic World easily. You you would have nailed it. Anyone, it's, it's weird. Many listening to this right now could. Yeah. It's not even. Yeah. It's like not even that rare of a skill. No. Could write a better Jurassic World than we were given. Meaning not just given, but that all the people paid all the money to get together and make and pr- process and approve and look at the edit and go, there you go. That's the movie. Man, like most of the audience, I feel like they got they ended on a below average story. Like you could pick someone in the audience at random and there's a 50 percent chance they'd come up with a better story than the Jurassic World story right and uh yeah that's that's what me and jason are going to talk about the most is like yeah how does that happen what what is the weird common things that keep happening i don't know we already recorded two episodes and they were two hours each because of course they were Mm -hmm. so that'll be fun it's an 80 eight two by four it's a two by four it's a two by four two by four mini pod coming at you over (laughs) on gamefully but this is small beans and that means I'm the host. Yeah, you are. And you're doing the great. The energy of my voice means. Yeah, it's time. Let's start the thing. Welcome to Star Trek The Next Futurama, an epic team up between Gamefully Unemployed and Small Beans. For access to the entire series, find us on Patreon. And now your hosts, Mike and Dave. I'm not, I wasn't entirely satisfied with brief horseshit. I feel like it was too much on me. And I want to mm-hmm. know how you well, are. I just, that's, I think that I will trade you later for, so basically Loose Horseshit this time was plugging your new podcast project. Right. So Loose Horseshit next time will be plugging my secret new podcast project. Okay, okay that works. That how works. about that? Yeah. Because as far as how I am, um, I'll just reshare what I shared with you before we started rolling. Dave, my tummy hoist. Aw, jeez. So, <laughs> so we'll see how that affects. Yeah, try to get um, them farts out. Get a couple farts out. That'll make you feel better. Yeah. Yeah, push those farts. Infernal gas pains from below uh, are fitting. Feel me forcing this segue. Mm, it's like slathering Vaseline on the lens of your ears. Uh, reminds me of hell, which is great because we're talking about the devil episode, the episode of Futurama with the devil in it. And this is Star Trek, the next Futurama. I'm Michael Swaim. What? I'm David Bell. <laughs> they right. know that. They must know that about us. They must know that. Well, I like to be very regimented for the swim fans. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So uh, we do everything by the book it's when their it's favorite, a small beans week. Yeah, it's their favorite parts when we say our names. They're so into that. <laughs> That's what they, yeah. Yeah. They get up, they, uh, you know, Is press the- against the window and huff and create a little smudge, a little breath fog. Yeah, we should sell shirts so that say, I'm Michael Swaim and I'm David Bell. And nothing else on it, like white, 
black lettering. Um, all on the front or front and back? Who uh, gets front all on the billing? front. All on the front. Oh, all on the front. Times okay. New Roman. No need to get fancy. <laughs> oh, size 12 font. Not even like yeah. a big normal, yeah. like as if it was printed on a page. Yeah. I'm Michael Swaim and I'm David Bell to go along with our Hey Fuck You Abe shirt. Yeah, and exactly. And we're good. Okay. I like the fictional merch store that we're slowly building a <laughs> roster for, for Star Trek The Next Futurama. But uh, no, this is pre-first segment where we basically, Dave, help me out here. We, we named, do, we all right, we've named the, the episode of Futurama and then right. I assume we describe it. And then oh, yeah, we, we synopsize the, the Star Trek episode. That's all I was forgetting is that we synopsize the Futurama before we reveal the Star Trek we paired it with. Okay. So it's synopsize time. And uh, Dave, how do you feel about synopsizing the Star Trek when we get there? I could give it a shot. I'll probably okay. be very fast about it because it's actually a pretty quick one in terms of synopsizing. So yeah. It is. And I'll rudely interrupt you if you need help. Sounds uh, good. Some interstitial <laughs> sounds good, but um, yeah. I'm actually fuzzier on it because I watched these. Hey, I should apologize. For the record, it's my fault that uh, you're hearing this on Friday. We're recording this on Wednesday. Yesterday was Tuesday when it should have come out. Um, and next episode will come out on a Tuesday as scheduled two weeks from this past Tuesday. But you're hearing this on Friday because of me, and I watched this shit on Sunday, so I don't, I'm worried about the details of the Star Trek. But to recap the Futurama, which I'm very clear on, it's called Hell is Other Robots, which is a Jean-Paul Sartre reference, which I say as I ride my horse by you. <laughs> um, uh, it's just, I'm just feeling fancy this episode, yeah, you know, fancy, I got boy. the farts, I got the shits, I'm feeling fancy. Yeah. Uh, first thing I'll say about Hell is Other Robots, it is the season finale of Futurama and you can tell that they have got it dialed in, they're in the pocket because there's no cold open, motherfuckers, and there yeah. shan't be ever again for the rest of this hallowed series. It is fucking Futurama time, as soon as you hear the bow, 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 and uh, I particularly like the Chiron joke this time, condemned, <laughs> Futurama condemned by the space pope, uh, who we later find out is an alligator, I think. Anyway, uh, the episode itself concerns uh, the robot devil, but to get there, we take a circuitous path, most comical, that begins at Madison Cube Garden, where the gang are watching the Beastie Boys perform. Uh, not the first, as we noted, Ron Popeil probably the first like notable celebrity cameo appearing as themselves in Futurama, but immediately followed next episode by a much louder choice, the Beastie Boys still being relevant mm -hmm. uh, a thousand years later. And everyone's rocking out with the Beastie Boys. Uh, Bender parties too hard. Oh, that's right. He gets addicted to electricity. Uh, it hardly matters <laughs> because it's just to get us to the religion thing. So Bender starts jacking on because he shared some electricity with uh, his friend um, Fender, the sentient uh, speaker system who he met at the Beastie Boys concert. And uh, he jacks on too often. He ends up trying to Jack on, which is what they say when robots get high off electricity, 
by, uh, you know, uh, standing on top of the ship with his magna boots during an electrical storm in space. And he says, hey, you stupid universe or whatever, give me all you got. And it melts his feet and the gang have an intervention. So basically he's wandering around in a um, drug haze or what have you. Yeah. And he stumbles into religion. Like literally he crashes through the roof of a church because he's trying to jack on from the neon sign and uh, has a change of heart right in that moment because he hears the preacher talking about how if you keep jacking on, you're going to robot hell whose soul needs to be saved. And he says me. And so he becomes an obnoxious born again, (laughs) uh, church of robotology guy. And they play that fun and games for a while where he's just uh, he doesn't do it. Well, apparently because he doesn't have the thing where he gets sober, it's not a problematic that he becomes sober like an I roommate because he can drink fortified mineral oil. I guess that provides the same like effect that alcohol does. Uh, So he's going around being like a teetotaler, not smoking or drinking, um, being straight edge. And everyone finds it in classic sitcom fashion, even worse than the way he was before. And they want him to go back to normal in sitcoms. Everything must go back to normal. Of course it must go back to normal. So they take him to, uh, Atlantic city, I think on a flimsy pretext, delivering some mints to a post office box, (laughs) which I enjoy. And they, um, show him like, a purse that's easily stolen and a hooker with a heart of gold and all this stuff. And he flips out and he parties harder than he ever did before. But now that he's enrolled in the religion, because this is how it works is it's an actual, like it's a system that you opt into. Now that he's enrolled in the religion, he goes to hell if he sins, which wasn't true before. And that's key. I think for the comparison to the star Trek later. Yeah. So he is dragged to hell by the devil the robot devil played by Dan Castellaneta voice of Homer Simpson does just a phenomenal job. And we get our first Futurama song. Well, not counting the beastie boys song, I guess, but our first, uh, musical style song and dance number, like songs in the key of Springfield sort of thing, but for Futurama and, uh, that'll become a staple of the series, of course, too. So this one is, I forget the name of it, but, um, selling bootleg tapes is wrong. Musicians need that. Then you're going to make some noise with your hard drives. What you, what you, what you do on level five. That didn't help. Do you know (laughs) the name of the song? Wait, the song (laughs) that he sings? I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> Dave, I, the, the tone of Dave's voice is saying it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, they sing a big song that I love very much. They have a fiddle contest. Leela cheats. Bender rips the wings off of a sentient being and uses <laughs> them to fly them all out. So he says like, hey, I'm good enough to save you but I'm still normal bender because I would drop you, but I'm not going to. I'm right on that line. I'm a rude, crude dude with attitude, but I still won't let you die. I'm bender. So everything's back to normal. And it literally ends with Fry saying, good old bender. And that's the end. Yep. Damn. (sighs) And that's Hella's other robots. Damn. That was like a, it took like a third of the episode. Uh, of like the actual runtime of uh, we're at sixteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good job. Congratulations. 
Is it good that it took? Oh, you're saying the ratio? That was a third <laughs> to the runtime of the Futurama? Yeah, exactly. So let's see. Was it? Uh, Dave, what? Well, yeah, it was 10 minutes. So yeah, it was about half the length of yeah. the Futurama. Hey, people want recaps. Every time we try to take out recaps, they say, <laughs> no, leave the recaps. All right. Well, is so it here my- comes another recap, you sickos. It's me. It's time for me to introduce what the uh, episode of Star Trek we paired this with is, right? That's right. All right. Uh, it's season four. I got to say. Oh, 12. say the number. 12. One of the more guessable ones. So I'm just delaying a little few more seconds. You should get this. If you haven't gotten one so far, this is an easy one. Dave, what is it? Devil's do. Uh, this is this is so obvious that I, I searched for a while for other episodes because I was like, surely it can't just be this one. Uh, but it does match up. It does match up pretty well. It matches uh, up fairly well, and I would argue that the hypothetical Star Trek you're looking for that would match up even better would be one where Data becomes either religious, which well, he never does, or addicted to electricity, which he never does. You know what? The one... Well, I think... All right. I I think you, you get bogged down with the... With, like, Data to, to Bender stuff, like the mm-hmm. one-to-one. Uh, I was thinking Tapestry. With Q and Picard, where Picard is makes essentially a deal with Q. Uh, it doesn't work. It didn't it didn't match up as well as this. But mm-hmm. I think I always look for the general moral as opposed to like like what can perfectly you know, like like matching up data and bender and so on and I mean, so forth. I think the spirit of the podcast is either the underlying philosophical or sci-fi trope right yeah and that's right. why i think this it doesn't does, matter this that does, data's bender <laughs> yes but it, this does match up this does match up in terms of that but uh, oh, i should i sure. should probably explain first what the episode is um this episode starts with picard on the holodeck watching data perform a christmas carol which is like one of the most bummer things a friend can do to another friend or or their boss i guess it hey, doesn't matter hey, uh hey boss yeah. Can you come over today to watch me perform Christmas Carol again? Yeah. To see if I've improved. Yeah. And as no <laughs> nobody else is going to be there. It's just us. Just um, us hanging out. But they get a uh, a distress call from a Federation science station on Vantex uh, 2. And it turns out that they've been, uh, uh, the, the science station has been held hostage by an angry mob on the planet. The Enterprise goes there to find out what's going on, and they find out that there has been like a bunch of earthquakes on this planet, and people have uh, associated it with old, like an old religious, like an old deal they made with the devil called Ardra. They th- see this as a sign that Ardra is returning, because what we learn is the Van Taxons had uh like a like a thousand years ago i believe mm-hmm. they uh, uh they were a, a society in great turmoil uh and they found peace and the the reason why is this deal with ardra at least that's their understanding they made a deal with their devil for a thousand years of pre- peace and tranquility in exchange ardra would um claim the planet as her own and enslave the inhabitants uh 
And sure enough, Ardra shows up. Uh, she, uh, cl- she, cl- she shows up. She has magic powers. She can shapeshift. She can cause earthquakes. She, she has almost a Q-like powers. Um, and says that she's here to collect. Hence the name Devil's Do. Uh, Picard is convinced she's, and I quote, a flimflam artist. Uh, and so he sets out to prove that Ardra is, uh, you know, conning the people of Vantex 2 is not actually the devil. Uh, she keeps thwarting him and proving, sort of like proving herself to be just as powerful as she claims. She transports Picard off of the planet in his, in his delightful uh, sleepwear. He makes, she makes the Enterprise disappear completely. Uh, and so this all uh, amounts to classic Star Trek trial. So they got to do a trial. Basically, they put, <laughs> they put Ardra's claim on trial. Picard has to prove that she isn't the devil. Uh, Data is because he's a robot, serves as the impartial judge. Ardra represents herself, and it becomes a, a delightful courtroom drama. Uh, that ends when Picard uh uses, I believe, Geordi's help to discover that Ardra, in fact, has a ship circling the planet with a crew, and she goes by many different names because she is, in fact, a con artist. He hijacks her ship and and shows and, and, and demonstrates that he can also do the tricks that Ardra does, uh, proving that she is not the devil uh, and and proving to this planet that their improvements, the way they've improved their lives, wasn't because of some magic, but because they did it themselves. They 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 cleaned up their planet. Uh, they changed their economy and so the on. The power of Satan was inside you all along. Exactly. Uh, and then they arrest Ardra and I assume execute her. Space cuffs. They throw space cuffs on yeah. her and she's like, We'll meet again, jail. Picard, but we never see that her again, so oh, they like, probably executed her. The last her. line is till we meet again, Captain Picard of the Starship Enterprise, then I'll then disappears forever. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And Picard also, you goes skipped home. a very you skipped one very crucial detail. What? Um, if Picard wins, she gets arrested, but you were, you sort of, yes. sort of glossed over why she would allow a trial. She has something to gain too. He offers her the Zatteral Emerald from the ruins of Zagelium. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that is one of the most fantasy sci-fi MacGuffins I think. Well, Star he Trek also has ever offers used. himself as her, I think, sex slave. She says, "Can I'd rather have your hand in marriage," and he's like, "Fine." Yeah, yeah. Picard's the honeypot, as he commonly is. Picard in this episode, is the honeypot. He is. He's. He's. What's at stake? His sweet, sweet flesh. But she doesn't just want his flesh. She wants his will. So he has mm-hmm. to give himself up to her. He. He is. Yeah. Uh, and so that. Yeah. That's. That's an important part because Archer basically says, "Well, the Enterprise is circling my planet, so that's also mine. So I'm now that you're engaging in this trial, your your life is also at stake." Mm-hmm. But oh yeah, Picard wins. It's so arbitrary for something that ultimately results in them losing. Right. It's like 
the rule, yeah, that you're in orbit. Well, then couldn't it be, or I guess, where does it cut off? The atmospheric envelope? No, because they were in orbit. Right. Picard. So what? So anything that's in motion relative to the planet is my property. Apparently. Where's the property line, Ardra? Yeah. Picard at, at no point believes this bullshit. Which is also weird because, I mean, they do, I think, to the episode's credit, someone says, why don't we think this is Q? Are you sure this isn't yeah. Q? And, um, but the answer, so I like that they at least bring it up, but Picard's answer is, I just have a gut hunch that it's unrelated. Yeah. They're like, this and doesn't feel like, like Q. That's weird. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that's it is, odd to me. It does make sense because. Very. Oh, go ahead. Oh, just that her, everything she does, it's very funny that they think it's magic because all she really does is like, yeah, like stuff the Enterprise could easily do. Like she teleports, and it's like, yeah, they do that all the time. She changes the her appearance. Is a and it's little, like, yeah, the earthquakes. It's, not beyond, yeah. it's weird because at the same time, right? It's, they've encountered so many powerful entities that it's surprising they don't believe the magic. It's also yeah. surprising they would that anyone would believe the magic. It's almost like. There's a caval like the universe in Star Trek is a cavalcade of nonsense. So there's no reference point to hang on to. Right. Like I'm literally the devil. And I'm like, okay, you could be, I don't know, man, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or you could be an alien that is the devil or the devil was an alien or the devil was a time traveling alien. Well, you they, know what they, I mean? I yeah, believe any of this stuff. Yeah. The episode, the chase later, they just solve God when they learn that aliens sure. just went around jizzing on planets and that's, where we all came from yeah and they're not impressed they're not impressed because i mean we should get into this later (laughs) but picard basically this episode basically is picard being like fuck the devil fuck evil it doesn't (laughs) hell doesn't exist and then he gets to go back on his ship and he's like i defeated evil the concept i also love that uh well, I love that she claims to be all devils from every mythology. Yeah. I am the devil of every mythology. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I also think it's weird and bad writing that how Data acts, because Data's chosen as arbitrator for the trial. And first of all, says for the, I guess, to make the trial work as a plot. The point is it shouldn't have ended in a trial. That's dumb. Yeah. Well, um, all right. Do which I, is, I have a bunch of things to say, but we're not in that section yet. I feel like we are because I guess these are about similarities because I was about to say Futurama also has a trial, but they handle it differently. So that means it's time for our first segment uh, where we compare and contrast the episodes and call out the similarities, justify the pairing. It's called Good News. Numero uno. Good news. Number one. And it's, I mean, it's, let's just say it. It's the devil. It's that it has, it's the one with the devil. But also the devil is contextualized as a sci-fi element rather than the devil turning out to be real. Well, here's why I was like looking for other episodes that didn't necessarily have the devil, but landed on this is because I think the overall theme of them are both, which is the fact that you the person who can who can better themselves is themselves it's about personal uh responsibility for improving your life whether or not you believe in that bender is grifted by a fake religion that 
basically tells him in order to get better, you have to make a deal with us. Um, and it's the same with this planet is in order to get better, they had to make a deal and they're crediting the deal when the reality is you don't get better by making a deal, you know, as a recovering alcoholic, I feel compelled to point out that first he made the deal with the drug, which is right. your life will be better if you constantly take me, which is also a sham. Right. Um, then uh, then he trades that for religion. Yeah. And then he so, yeah, the connection is definitely there. It reminds me of I way back in the day when I was in college, I did brief uh, video editing work for a televangelist. Uh and then I had to get the fuck away from that because it was depressing for obvious reasons. And this guy's background. You edit out the word of God. <laughs> this guy, he, he told me his backstory and this was like a faith healer. This guy was like full on. Uh, and uh, I just needed money, uh, but I'm not going to defend my, my part in it. Uh, he, he told me that he like started out on the streets. He was addicted to meth um, he was a bad person and then he found religion and became this. And when you looked at, when I looked at him now, he, I didn't see a difference. You know what I mean? Like he was still kind of a mean spirited guy. He was still clearly had that addictive personality. And that's what I feel like it's getting at, which is that like, yeah, you can't, you can't just swap one for the other. Um, and, and like, it's not necessarily saying like, fuck religion. Obviously it can be a, it could be a, you know, an aid in improving yourself. But I think that's the moral of both of these, right? Which is well, this, it's definitely that you, saying you, fuck the transactional nature of, of religion. The purpose yeah. of religion is a cudgel to it's, say you're going to go to hell if you do it's this. That. Yeah. It's the idea that grifters are going to come and they're going to tell you stuff like this. They're going to tell and you they'll that. they'll usually tell you the you, devil, oh, you're in danger. Oh, the devil's behind you, bro. Right. Yeah. Because that's uh, an easy way to get people motivated. It's yeah. just a very primal human thing. Uh yeah, that's true. I also think it's interesting. I mean, they're just both playing off devil mythology. Yeah. But that they both culminate in a trial, although the Futurama trial is like a trial of skill and is only like 60 seconds one joke long, which I really enjoy and I think is smarter because the trial with the devil, if your characters are going to win, Right. You know, there's nothing really interesting, so let's just get over it. But uh, it causes so many problems in the Star Trek because Picard is a force of order in the universe. That's like one of his main jams. Uh, so he finds himself in court situations a lot. A lot of he yeah. solves a lot of cosmic business with, well, you're a god entity let's have a trial and everyone always agrees and abides by the rules of the trial but uh i just think it's crazy how data axon is written once he's made arbiter it's because first of all he says the contract could they he says this contract with ardra from thousands of years ago could be interpreted that way and it could be binding according to their legal system and i don't know what their legal system is like of course because it's alien but I find it hard to believe that it's legal that generations a thousand years from now could be legally obligated to enslave themselves because their ancestors signed a contract. What kind of legal system allows for that contract to be upheld in a modern court of law? This is a spacefaring civilization. Well, also, I would have to imagine that their legal system has evolved to some degree. Also, 
if the devil participates in a trial, they're not the devil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like the yeah, moment she's no like, I will do your trial. Yeah. I'd be like, well, that kind of proves you're not the devil. I think that's, that's a similarity mm-hmm. of both is that, um, both take spiritual concepts and ground them with like weird technical aspects like that bog it down. Bender right. has that tracker welded on him. The devil is a robot. Uh, yeah, and Ardra is doing this weird contract and trial. And you're right. It, it's weird that Picard doesn't just go to Data and say, I order you to make me win because this is Because that's another thing is he says, well, I can't lie and I'll have to let the devil win if she makes a more convincing argument. Yes, you can lie. You can explicitly lie. Yeah. You have a moral compass programmed into you, but you can lie. Like, for instance, you could lie to someone under torture to, like, save all the hostages. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, this is to prevent the civilization from being enslaved by a charlatan. So you could lie, Data. But also what I love is... When the moment where Data says, uh, sir, I have ruled, sit down. Like when Data's like a hostile judge to Picard mm-hmm. and is leaning on the, look, I have to be a dick. I'm an android. It's sort of, it, you know, that's not true, but that's like what he's trying to imply is I'm, you know, my hands are tied, Captain. I have to like dunk on you. Right. I'm, I'm android pure. I'm being android honest. And Picard could rightfully say like, motherfucker, I, I was, I proved you have a soul. Remember that trial? Like, can you do me like this? You're my subordinate. You're my robot pal. Like, help me prove the devil wrong. It's just weird how hard Data stumps for Satan. He loves it. (laughs) Well, we, the Star Trek universe, we should really talk about this in the next section, but like, they love LARPing. They love assuming roles. Uh, they're oh, so right. into Within it. In the context of the show itself. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to All name right, some more similarities, similarities here. Yes. Um, both start with a performance that is thousands of years old. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Star Trek with a um, uh, uh, Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol, the Beastie Boys the with Beastie Sabotage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, both involve the characters getting taken hostage by a devil. In this case, it's Bender or the people of Ventex. The people who go to save them get roped into the deal as well. Right. Brian Leela, because he says, I'll kill one of you. I don't know him. Uh, and, and then uh, Picard's dick is, you know, at stake. Um, they both win by cheating. Uh, in a sense, they Leela just nails him with the fucking fiddle and he yells, stop them. They cheated. Um, and, and Picard just, instead of winning the trial or anything, he just, he just hijacks the devil's spaceship and goes, look, I have your spaceship. Look, it's bullshit. We can do your stuff. It's bullshit. This, co- also, this trial's over. They never really finished the trial. This, and I would argue that if you look closely, he cheats in multiple senses because Picard comes back and questions Jared after a cross-examination because we see Jared question, well, again, I guess their legal system could work differently, but every other aspect of the trial seems to work like a U.S. American trial, uh, including there are objections and shit. And Picard comes back after the case is rested to re-question Jared to be like, I have an additional card up my sleeve 
because uh, the whole theme of the episode is magicians right. uh, you know, on another level. The writer tried to like weave that in. So he basically comes back with like, now I can do the magic tricks and there's a bonus. I don't think in a trial, I don't think that's admissible evidence is my point. I think oh, yeah. he just blew up the trial and was like, it doesn't matter because the space police are here for your ass. So fuck off. Yeah, I think that's I what win. that basically <laughs> is what happened is they were yeah. like, Fuck this trial. Uh, you're missing <laughs> yeah. an important detail, which is that Picard pronounces it Gerard every single fucking oh, time. And I yeah. th- I don't know if that's how you're supposed to pronounce Gerard's name, but there's just something very funny about like a dude in space called Jared. I don't know. Uh, like they're, they're on the planet Vantex. Because the subtitles like make alien, it very clear. They're an the alien player and his is name is Jared. Jared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't give him an alien name. He's Jared from Ventax. Yeah. Um, I have no other similarities. If we want to get into it, I don't know. What do you? What do you? No, let's let's just dig in, man. All right. Let's dig in a little segment called "Bite My Shiny Prime Direct Dig." Bite my shiny prime directive. Nice. I, I held the pun for the very end. Oh, that was a periodic pun. Oh, um, yeah. This is the segment where we uh, dig into the episodes and the underlying concept itself. So, Dave, here's my thing that I'll ask that I put in all caps relevant to the underlying trope. Yeah. Do you ever have an overwhelming fear that somehow hell is true in spite of all logic? Um, I sometimes have like a deep, sudden panic of like, Oh man, what if, what if when you die, everyone goes to hell? Oh, I'm going to hell, definitely. Oh, hell is real. I'm going to hell for like half a second. I'll think that it depends on your definition of hell, because I I I can't begin to guess what happens when we die, right? Um, oh, that's my follow up, and you don't have an answer. Okay, no, but okay. I but in terms of like, oh, what if it's this? What if it's that? Um, I don't think a biblical hell would exist and if it did it sounds like all the cool people are there uh and so it's like okay like but you can't interact you're just constantly experiencing pain but there's there's certain i i think there's certain um like if there was a biblical god like if there was like a right wing god um my my motto would just be like well fuck god like that's that's awful why would I want to go to that heaven? Like, why would I be, why would you want to be in that club? That's so fucking mean and to so exclusive cons- to people. Eternal torture. Nah, that's, the, um, that's why but I don't, I don't think that's what hell could be. I always wonder if the idea is like, if you die with an amount of guilt or sorrow, you can, you can, wherever you go, you could get locked into it. It's more of a scientific idea. Of how hell how hell could exist is like torment in the afterlife. But again, I couldn't begin to guess what happens when we die. Uh, it could just be darkness, forever darkness. And by forever darkness, I don't even well, mean something that's observable. It's not existing, which is not an experience we can even well, describe. That's the hope. Like that would honestly be getting out of it pretty easily, I think. Yeah. I would my f- serious fear is that it's eternal darkness and loneliness, but you are somehow aware of that. Right. Or I wonder if the universe is actually cyclical in nature and 
one day you're but I don't but I don't think there's the past lives thing. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm saying that I'm not convinced that scientists alive today who are humans actually know for sure whether the universe will cool to nothing and die. I don't I think like, you know, I don't think we fully comprehend or can accurately say, even though I know a lot of scientists say, no, we know we've measured all the matter. We know uh, like inflation theory dictates that entropy will eventually, you know, that the universe began and will end. And what was before and what was after? Nothing. We can't we don't know and we'll never know. And we can't talk about that. Um, but. I don't know. It seems to me like infinity makes more sense. Like the fact that anything should exist versus not exist almost seems nonsensical. Like uh, I think Neutral Milk Hotel has a good line. I think of a lot how strange it is to be anything at all. Why does there need to be a universe versus? Oh yeah, I have that. I I hurt my brain with that thought all the fucking time. Which is why why am I the specific person I am in this specific place? Why is yeah anything Um, and that's why i i think like we can paralyze ourselves trying to guess what happens after we die um when in reality all you have to do all you should Mm -hmm. do is just the best you can uh i think like i can't i can't uh try to live by the rules of a of a uh assumed like afterlife and the weird rules of getting into that because no one has really given me the rules. Not really. You know, like the, like religion has like, there hasn't been, you know, like there hasn't been anything that's convinced me, uh, that there are rules that I need to follow. The only thing that's really convinced me is just basic morality and compassion, which everybody hopefully has the ability to feel. And it's like, that's a way easier compass. What I'm feeling uh you know uh than any any religion that said there are people who literally can't feel stuff like empathy and so it must be very difficult for people like that to do the right thing and is it truly right and or wrong okay if you follow me insofar as i think to play devil's advocate right. there's a, an argument to be made that all morality is a constructed simulacrum, including right, like uh, right that we're just animals. Murder we're feels just... Ro- we're just animals. Murder feels wrong, but that's just because the thing you're murdering is shaped like you and reminds you of yourself. That's just a mutated, warped version of your self-preservation instinct. Lions eat deer; <laughs> they don't oh, cohabitate, yeah. but you know what I mean. And it's not morally wrong. It's not necessarily morally it's wrong. It's the idea of why are children to tackle a child in public at the mall and rip their throat out and eat them? Right. That's not necessarily morally wrong. It feels very wrong to you. But you fuck your feelings. I don't know. It could, you know, there could be. So I guess my point is the idea that like love is a thing that was created by science so that we can keep breeding and our species can continue. You know, we we love our children because we have to, because otherwise we wouldn't raise them and so on and so forth. There's there's an argument that, yeah, we're just all flesh machines. I guess I'm asking if a sociopath. Is it truly, it's like the, uh, if a tree falls in the woods, if a sociopath murders you, but they don't feel bad about it, is it really wrong? <laughs> right. There's the question. And this is, this is the thing I think that bothers people almost more than hell. Um, mm-hmm. 
or certain people is the question of like, what if Hitler goes to the same place we all go? What if there's that doesn't no... bother me more than hell? I think you're understating. I think how that much bothers... being tortured eternally would suck. Yes, but I think that I think that part of the reason we have religion and part of the reason we have hell, not the entire part. Obviously, the concept is also used to to give people uh, uh to to you know like in this episode to control people um fear in in order to do the right thing but it's also i think because we don't see enough justice in this world it's sometimes comforting to know you know when say donald rumsfeld died that they'll find some sort of judgment in the afterlife i think that comforts people in a world where justice is is hard to come by you think it's for justice that we want an afterlife? I think partially. I think, I think we for... like. I think we okay. like the idea but of I think you it finish would be up like... to be told if you're right or wrong. I like, think I number think... one with a bullet is to control people's behavior. Yeah, but I think but there's then, an element then of like sub factor is it makes them feel good because there's justice. Sure, we all want to. We all want to die and be told like you did it. You did it correctly. You know, yes, you did but the I right thing. I still think the main use of religion is to make people's behaviors predictive while they're alive. Yeah, it's like, more of like these why people religion. All subscribe to this religion, they'll do this kind of shit. I think it's like why religion sticks is because yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of things that it, uh, a a lot of like needs that it fills. Um, mm-hmm. when do like, you think? Okay, go ahead. Oh no, no, you do. Um, do you think there's any chance? given that there's still trillions of years left in the lifetime of the universe, maybe not even humans, but what is there, if there ever existed at any time in the future, I'm thinking about films like AI now, I'm thinking about uh, matrix technology. I'm thinking about uh, historical archival resurrection projects do you think there it's possible that the afterlife could just be something that <laughs> so this is way too galaxy brained, but I'm saying uh, like something that actually exists in the future that's made by like, let's say humanity. It probably won't be humanity, but let's say humanity existed long enough that we gained full technological mastery over like the cosmos to an absurd degree. Right. And uh, we created a matrix. And then for the purpose of like, exploration or study or just our own love of our own species we resurrected the identities of everyone within that matrix and it became a sub-universe and you know there's a theory that our universe already is this like each universe (coughs) is a nested sub-universe created by the masters who live at the end point in time of the universe outside that universe (laughs) go on does this all make sense yeah, are you saying what are you what I is guess the question? I'm, my my question is do you think because if you die, when you die it's just a lack of sensation is my belief. Only because the most sensible thing it seems to me is that it'll be like before I was born and before I was born I had no sensation. So if my identity exists it doesn't exist in a way that's observable so I would define it as not existing. So let's say my identity ceases to exist. I have no memory then, obviously therefore what if it just seems to me like the second I die, I instantaneously awake in a fabricated reality created by future people or aliens? Wouldn't that 
feel like the religious afterlife, even though it's actually science. And I would never know the difference. Yeah. If that's, you're saying that's like something that's already in play. Well, I'm kind of fudging the two ideas together because apparently I'm workshopping a short story, but Mm -hmm. I was like, what if, uh, yeah. What if the matrix is the afterlife is basically the log line of the short story. It doesn't solve the problem of what actually is the afterlife. Oh, it still could be anything. It could be a recapitulation of this life or it could be anything. Right. Because if you have mastery over the universe, you could recreate the universe in any. That's what's crazy to me is why are the laws of physics the laws of physics? Like, why Mm -hmm. is the strong nuclear force? Why? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, because it's got to be something, matter? Why does matter attract instead of repel? Mm -hmm. Or is, is there no such thing as the question why? And we're just a bunch of molecules stacked in such a way that we have this weird auxiliary behavior where we question stuff and we imagine stuff and it doesn't matter. It's not real. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Again, going back to we're <laughs> yeah. animals, but we're animals cursed with the only animals cursed with the awareness of our own demise and existence. Not only that, but we uh, also have a mental space that we feel like is important. Like I can imagine this. So even though it doesn't exist, what is the implication of this extrapolation from this thing I imagine? And it's like, that doesn't matter. It's nothing. It's just a weird tick that your brain does. Cause you're weird. It's frustrating because <laughs> I hope that when we die, we'll get some sort of answer. Um, but I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. sure that's true. There's also stuff that we like, <sighs> Things like time, like I can't imagine when you die, time matters nearly as much. Um, And in fact, like uh, whenever people think about dying and they say like, oh, I'd be a ghost until the sun explodes. It's like, who says the sun will explode when you're a ghost? Uh, Who says you'll exist in any timeline? Right. Um, For me, I always the, the, the I always come down to the fact that everybody dies. Every single person dies. Uh, and he, and creature, and so that means it's clearly part of a system that works. So it can't be that bad, whatever it is. Uh, and if we, as a scientist, created like a weird matrix to live in and stuff, I wouldn't be like a weirdo who'd be like, "You're going against nature," and like you know, like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't like people do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. But I think it would ultimately be, oh, we're just. Um, we're just delaying the thing that everything does that we're, we're all supposed to do at one point or another, which is why I hunt vampires on my downtime. Cause you know, but then again, that brings you back around to the question of whether this whole system has any conscious intent, like for God, for us to be made in God's image and vice versa, or so to speak poetically in this instance, I don't even mean in a religious sense. I mean, like, if the universe has any kind of intelligent design or conscious goal behind it at all, wouldn't that, wouldn't that have to, so for something to be unnatural, there has to be a natural way it should be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I guess I question whether there's much evidence that that right. there is, is a should de- is defeating just death is. is defeating, is defeating death. death bad is there uh, yeah. no no i wouldn't say it's bad is it bad to heal I'd disease i'd say that you might miss out on something by not dying if that oh, makes dude. sense what if someone became immortal 
and then found out that the afterlife super rules and yeah, then exactly. wasted it. <laughs> what? All right, Just because you're too scared to take the leap. That's here's my question. What do you want mm-hmm. the afterlife to be? If you could pick one. Oh, it, well, my secret thing that I hope is true. Uh, you don't have to, you don't have to have a logic. There doesn't need to be a logic behind this. Just what do you hope it would be? Uh, I'll still say the same thing. I I would be pleased to find out uh, that we are just, there's only one entity and we are that entity getting to know itself through infinite iteration. Meaning like, I would think that I, the matter, I think there's infinite, there will be an infinite procession of universes in which the same matter and energy that comprised me will comprise someone else, then someone else, then someone else, and so until uh, every aspect of the universe knows itself right. or like is reunified or connected in some way. I think it's about, uh, and I fucking learned this from the Dilbert guy, but it's the, you know, you could read St. Thomas Aquinas or you can read Scott Adams, tiny little book called God's Debris. However, or you can read Eckhart Tolle, however the idea gets to you. <laughs> sometimes an idea sticks. And the one that stuck for me is that seems very true. And I hope it's true is that uh, I would rather believe that the universe will come together again and and recur infinitely than die and then be gone infinitely. That seems senseless to me. Uh, I hope so. I just choose to believe that's the one leap of faith. I choose to believe that the universe is infinite in both time and space and not just finite. Like, I don't understand. I can't wrap my head around. First, there was nothing forever. Then there's a big bang and the whole universe happens. Then there's nothing forever. Why have a universe? Like, I don't understand. So I'm going to assume it's infinite, which to me. I think. Yeah, I think thinking in terms of linear time is a mistake where it's like. Right. It's there's no need to call it infinite. It's just that is what it is. Um Yeah. Well, yeah. I feel Even like the universe is like a is literal like, loop. Like it's I don't know. There has Go to on. be a moment of coming together and that's like precedes the big bang or it coincides with the big bang or whatever. And I feel like that thing is God cuz God is everything. God is just a word that means the totality of everything together sure. and knowing itself in a connected state to me. And uh, the only thing to do once you are God is to explode yourself and start over because that would be the only interesting, you know, like what if Mm -hmm. you were the whole universe was inside yourself? Um, Wouldn't you get bored of that eventually? And the only thing to do would be to like erase your own memory or explode yourself and start as debris and, and refind yourself. Like it's the only journey possible. Right. And I feel like the universe is on the same journey that we're all on, on a macro scale. So your wish for the afterlife would be mm-hmm. you die and then what? What does it feel like? Yeah. Like the experience would be uh, I die and then this ego's dissolved. So I wouldn't know anymore. Got but it. I would think I would... Have a fully formed new ego and exist as I'm writing a sci-fi novel about this <laughs> and exist as like the wandering soul theory. Or if you ever played that video game, Omicron, the nomad soul, where it's like, um, I agree with you. Time is not time is an illusion. 
So like we're all the same entity just experiencing different versions of ourselves. Like I like to think that uh, everyone ultimately experiences a timeline or a life journey in which they achieve enlightenment mm-hmm. um, during their lifetime. And I think like, if you don't, I do think it's like your energy is remanifested as something else to try, I guess reincarnation, but not in the way that reincarnation is thought of to recur in time. Like I die today and tomorrow I come back as someone else's baby. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm talking more about like an infinite journey of a wandering soul that re-experiences itself because it is God. I don't know, Dave, what's your answer? You die and what happens? Time traveling ghost. <laughs> That's it. Oh, the ability to cease whatever, here's, whenever. Yeah, here's here's what I feel. Wouldn't it bother you Is to that, not interact? No, I, I don't need to interact. Um, it is probably the biggest injustice that we know about dinosaurs, but don't get to see dinosaurs. I think of all of all mankind, that is that is the most frustrating thing in my life. So I'd like to hope that I can uh, uh, mm. die and take the form of something that can go see a dinosaur. That's all I need. That's all I'm asking see, for. For me, it's the exact opposite. It's the fact that so how long ago was that? 65 million? Well, they were around 65 million years. How long ago was dinosaur times? Yeah. Okay. Let's say 100 million years. Look, I'm sure I that's just want to see dinosaurs. Dude, doesn't it? It feels way more frustrating to me that I'm born at this time and I can't, I will never get to know what. I want to know always the next thing. Oh, you want to know a hundred million years in the future? Well, luckily, Michael, Michael, you're in luck because you're a time traveling ghost. All right. (laughs) And you can, you can go see that. You can see anything. You're not picking one time. I would just start with the dinosaurs. You know, I'd probably stop over to see what happened to Kennedy. It probably is exactly what it sounds like. And then you move on, you know, you, you do a couple things, um, you know, so, you, 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 know, you watch, you watch a couple nukes go off from a nice view and then you, yeah, you go like a million years in the future to see what the fuck's going on. Then it, mm-hmm. you'd never get bored. You'd never get bored. Both of our, that's true. Both of our afterlives only encapsulate terrestrial experience. You know what I mean? Like yeah, in my yeah, yeah, version, yeah. you live again. And in your version, They're you all, just see it's stuff very, that really happened or will happen. It's a very mortal view of the afterlife. Why didn't either of us have like a heaven or hell? Yeah, or go to a like a different dimension, like a heaven nah. or hell. Hmm. Because what if it sucks? Know. Or what if it's impossible to imagine or encapsulate in words? So what are we supposed to say on this yeah. podcast right now? I think that's yeah. my yeah. logic. <laughs> what if you go to the afterlife and they're like, it's not heaven or hell, but we don't have like cheese here. And I'd be like, well, that sucks. You know? Like, I, I still want Dude, cheese. My diet ends in 10 days. I can't if, wait. Here's, here's what it is. If I, if I die. I'll have cheese again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I die, I don't want to, I don't want an afterlife where I know that I won't get to see like, like the movie that was coming out that I wanted to see. So I either, I either better be a time traveling ghost or I better be like a, some sort of higher being that is, you know completely detached from the interests of 
of being a human. One or the other, nothing in between. Well, as far as devils go, can we agree that I think part of the underlying principle of both of these stories or when these shows do these stories is to say, fuck the devil. The devil's probably not real. Hell's probably not real. Yeah. I think that I spirit talk about, is in there. Yeah. I want to talk. Um, we should get into talking about the episodes. I wrote down a quote that I think is really funny because Star Trek loves to do this. They're, mm-hmm. they're old fuck God episodes. Picard says, right. maybe a vaccine leader saw the destruction of his society at hand and he conceived this contract of Ardra to motivate change. Or maybe there was an Ardra of sort who was the basis for this mythology. Who knows? And he's basically calling out religion, like Catholicism. But since it's an alien, they, they, they do glip glorp words. Uh, mm-hmm. They can just say it. You know what I mean? Like they just can just say it in a 90s Star Trek episode. Of like, you know, maybe it's all a sham. <laughs> maybe it was something someone made up, or maybe there oh, was somebody I mean, like this person, yeah. but they aren't. They that they got put into the mythology. He never, he never entertains the idea of, or maybe what they're saying is real. And so and this is a society that's like so past religion, so past religion. Oh, I agree. Futurama though has the same vibe, and I think. I mean, it's just we're a very secular society at this point, which is funny because on polls, we all say we're Christian, but uh, we're not really. And um, the uh, the Futurama is totally like uh, where I lost the damn it. I lost the note, but um, just dunking on it in the sense that he Bender ricochets from being a drug addict, which seems to be what they're dunking on to. Being religious is worse than being a drug addict is the ex- like explicit setup of the episode is that it's it's more obnoxious when he tries to be good for the sake of religion, which is crazy because they have many plots later where Leela especially will just wish that Bender could be slightly less evil. Yeah. Uh, and this was their big chance. All they had to do was accept that he says stuff like fry. You're my friend. <laughs> like, that's all. He's just obnoxious now uh, in a different way. He's Ned Flanders. Yeah. But man, the Simpsons, too. Yeah. If like if I were a serious Christian and really proud of it, I think Ned Flanders would be mildly insulting. I think this Futurama would be very insulting. You got the preacher character who's just fully treated as a joke. It turns out that the religion is a scam. The devil is explicitly fake. It's a robot. It's just a robot who lives under an amusement park. Also, what are the do you know what does the religion get out of the devil doing this for them? Uh, I think it's like Scientology because I think they're actually making Scientology jokes in this. Well, so the church is ro- well, it is robotology. Robotology, and the idea is if you leave us you're going to get kidnapped and tortured. It's I more about the, there's obviously, yeah, uh, there's some well, Catholicism the with the devil, clearly but I, like, th- I think they're more commenting on, like, I think that's the way it's one of those things where I got into a weird uh, argument online with a guy about this guy was talking about, it was some like fucking right wing, like pundit. It was someone who was notable, but I, I, fucking forget who they were they were offended by in the kingsman 
how they shoot up the church. And he's like, that's very offensive to my religion. And it's like, yeah, but they were supposed to be the Westboro Baptist It's supposed church. to be shocking. Yeah. Too, well, that too. Is. But it's they're yeah. They're also, they're the, they're the bad, the baddies. Right. Like, you're not, are you one of oh. those people? Like, right. are you one of the, the, the gay people, like the, the, the horrible protesting, like soldiers funerals? They're, they're literally a stand in for Westboro oh, Baptist church. church. Okay, I haven't seen it. Yeah. 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 And it's like, why are you? And they're like, yeah, but it still offends me because they it's represent my God, religion. It's got the cross on it. And That's it's like, my team. <laughs> and it's one, of, it's one of those things where it's like, it's this inability. And I guess as someone who's not religious, I, uh, you know, maybe it's not this simple and someone can explain it to me better than this guy did. But like that, I don't associate that with the actual church with like most religious people. That's the whole thing is that it's like. I could see being insulted, but they're showing like, like this, this robot, uh, that preacher character is based on a long history of evangelical. Exactly. It's the scam version. Scientology. Oh, which is still the scam version. Yeah. Like the TV minister. Right. Which is something that if you're like a, just a, a middle of the road, religious person, a Catholic, you think you you could still laugh at. Yeah. You should be able to, cause we're not like, they're not talking about you. They're talking, They're talking about charlatans. About, exactly. And yeah. that's that's the thing. Is I think the mix with Scientology in this is the idea that they're not trying to be one they're not trying to nail one specific religion. They're nailing a type of a type of religious leader. And in this case I, it's yeah, the idea where they like made a deal with a bunch of robots to like extort people so that they can't leave their religion. Yeah, I guess I'm just wondering what New New York's robotologists get from, I guess it just enforces, I don't know. You know what I mean? What do they get out of the cycle of getting people to sign up for this thing? Then they sin, then they employ this guy, the robot devil to enforce taking them to hell, which is just an area that they have to maintain where they torture robots. Uh, what is the robot yeah, devil? I don't get have from to it? think about it too hard. Well, no, no, I get the robot devil. I mean, they could just pay him in whatever lug nuts or precious oil. Yeah, he probably gets paid. But I'm wondering what the robotologists get out of it. I guess it's it enforces their yeah, it's just power. like uh, L. Ron Hubbard would get out of it. Yeah, yeah, I think okay. so. So it's it's a straight up cult. Whereas in Devils Do, it's a single con artist, but basically the same thing. It's it would the same be a cult thing. if it could be. Uh, how badass is the Klingon Devil? Oh, the Klingon Devil! It has Devil's like a great. split face, like a predator. Yeah, <clears throat> fucking cool. And Worf is freaked out. I, I love Worf in this episode in general because Worf's the one who like <laughs> it starts with Picard being like they're holding people hostage. I better go down there. And Worf is like Captain. Uh, you run the risk of being taken as an additional hostage. And he's just like, nah, I'm going to go down there. Also, I'm going to take yeah. a bunch more officers. And then he is held hostage. And Worf has to sit there and just like eat that fact. And just like quietly grumble. Because Worf is 100% correct in this episode. Oh, yeah. And they let a lot of stuff hang. Like Troy predicts mass suicides on the planet. Yeah. And then a bunch of time passes and they never mention that again. So I'm presuming a bunch of mass suicides happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh I want to talk about a detail of this, which is Picard, first of all, calling her a flim flam artist. 
Um, mm-hmm. and then later he Googles con game. You remember the he part where he's excitedly Googles? he well the equivalent of Googling. The card is oh, sitting there Googles. at the computer, okay. and he says mm-hmm. to Data, he says, I've been examining the dynamics of what used to be called the con game, which to mm-hmm. me implies that, does that, are they implying that nobody cons people anymore in the Star Trek universe? I think that's the implication. This episode's very big on them not being capable of lying, which is not true in the rest of the series, right. so I don't like, know what that's about. Surely but, yeah. pickup artists still exist in the future. Like, you know, just because there isn't money doesn't mean there isn't people who will trick people. Uh, so it's very funny how naive they are. Well, I mean, and I just can't get over the more I think about it in, in an episode where someone is hauled off to jail. There's penal colonies that's i find it so hard to believe that in the 24th century we won't have thought of something better like when someone commits a societally abhorrent act we're still like constrain their movement send them to a place i don't think that's the solution and i think most people know already that that's not really the solution yeah uh, i don't think we'll still be doing that in the, the it 24th was, century it was really written don't. in the 90s yeah, yeah. They're um, like, like that there will just be space jail. <laughs> it's weird to me. Yeah. No, I don't know. could be interpreted that way, sir. It's weird that there'd be space jail where you can just jettison them into space so easily. Mm. You know? It's right there. Oh, and it seems legally binding. Or who did they contact? I guess I'm saying under whose authority are they arresting Ardra? Is it just Starfleet? No, it's, it's the... No, it's Santax. Santax. Uh, what's the... What's the name of the <laughs> Ventaxia Ventax. two or whatever? It's the Ventax Ventaxians. Two. I think the idea is Ventax is not, they're not Federation. They're an alien planet. Right. So they're doing it by Ventaxian law. So at the end, they're just throwing her to Ventax. That's why I joke that she gets executed because we really don't know. We don't know their legal system, we really but it don't seems know to what be pretty gonna harsh. do to her. Yeah. yeah. And so like, for all we know, they're going to take her out back and shoot her. This is a legal system that allows you to write contracts where you enslave yourself yeah so like the legal system's still in a brutal stage you know yeah mm. yeah who can I'm, say i'm ready for uh linearama which no, is what i'm, I'm not. gonna call it i want to talk about okay, i want to talk about what a honeypot picard is because he does oh, picard i will enjoy you morning noon and night he's dressed <laughs> he's dressed like zap brannigan uh when when he sleeps like there's this, I tweeted about this, and I think it'll be a continued thing. Picard is always such a prude on the show. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not into it when Ardra is, like, hitting on him. And Ardra is so horny all the time. Uh, but he dresses so skimpily. Um, he is, I think, the most skimpy, like, dressed character of TNG. Like, on average. Like, he's yeah, the only TNG character... Riza I was about to say the, uh, when he's on Riza and he's like, yeah. I'm just here to read. And it's like, really? Because you're, you're dressed you're in bright blue short shorts. shorts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the same thing. He, he fucking gets beamed down and he has this deep V neck, a thigh high bathrobe. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, I have to assume that somebody, and I, I want to hope it's Patrick Stewart, was just like, can we get more of my skin on camera? I want people to see because he's he's he gets when he's tortured, he's naked that um the the there are four lights episode. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Picard is just so much skin all the time. And this is yet another example. It's not he really... wants you to know that he's young, bald. Yeah, I, he's I'm like, not... look at my body. My body is still strong and I'm, virile. <laughs> I want, yeah, I want to be clear. I'm absolutely not against it. It's just no, very it's weird fine. that the proper British actor is the one who, like, far and beyond, gets the most naked. Like, no one else gets this naked on the show. Can you think well, of another, another character? Futurama similarity. The professor by far gets naked more than anyone yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're doing it for like comedy where it's like, oh, he's old. Picard, I would say, is not that. He's he's a Patrick Stewart is in peak form. You know, I think you'll often find as we go through the journey of this show that Star Trek will do the dramatic version of what Futurama does comedically. Dave. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, I want to I also want to note that this episode is kind of not uh, like amazingly written because Picard says he researches the con game and he's like, I'm going to out con the con artist. He doesn't mm-hmm. do that. He just well, hijacks Jack's He matches her exact level of con. He literally just goes, yeah. I do what you do. But exactly. It's, it's funny because it is the equivalent of Leela about to like perform this masterful violin uh, 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 song and then just hits the devil. It's the same where Picard's like, I'm They're going to scenes. con you. Yeah. And then he just hijacks her ship. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And why did she allow? She's won the case, and she, as judge, Jordy comes in and he's like, "Hey, Captain," and the Captain's like, "All right, well, we, you know, you're probably gonna win, but could I get a one-hour recess?" And she's right. like, "Granted, highly unusual, but granted. Why? Yeah, why would she grant the recess? Uh, There's a lot a of that con when she's when she's like." Uh, there's a lot of I, I I love it whenever they do the we have to do court and one of our and crew has to act impartial judge. like yeah measure of a man where Riker has to prove that data is just a machine and yeah. it's like why would you ever put him in that position and this one like yeah I'd love to know the laws because at one point Ardra's like I would like to ask Picard a few questions and data is just like it's highly irregular but I'll allow it <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. really why are you who are stepping into an alien legal system. Like, why are you allowing unusual legal things? Yeah, you should say it's highly unusual, so I won't allow it. Right, because can you imagine if Ardra won and Data is walking around the Enterprise is like now everybody's like slaves. I voted for Ardra. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Hey, man, she presented a good case. I knew she was lying, but her legalese was better than yours. I had to give it to her. Right. I have one other um, thing I want to note. It's just a bummer, but everything that happens on Vantex 2 is what desperately needs to happen. Like here in our regular planet. Like, that's what they're describing when they're like, our society was falling apart. They're describing climate change and wealth inequality. Yeah. Yeah. So we should probably make a deal, so, with, like, the make a deal with the devil. Uh, if there's a devil out there that can do... Well, we had they had to turn their back on technology, I think, is also part of it. Right. Which we're probably not going to do. No, I love technology. Yeah. I will die gripping my iPhone. It's fine. Um, yeah, I'm re- I'm ready to talk about quotes and Futurama cool. things. Um, I want to do a shout out to Bender shimmying alongside 
the Planet Express ship as if there's gravity in space. Yeah. I love that. I, I mentioned lo- Kanemba the Space Pope. Yeah. Oh, I like... Uh, Man, these guys rock harder than ever. And then they do a slow barbershop trio rendition of Sabotage. I also like they're busting mad rhymes at an 80% success rate. Yep. I like Ad-Rock saying, uh, you know, we're not really that interested in meeting them. And then Fry says, I had all three of your albums. And Ad-Rock says, that was a thousand years ago. Now we got seven. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, can I borrow the new ones and a couple of blank tapes? <laughs> um, for I already know and love Bender enough at this point in the series that I got a laugh off of. Don't worry, I don't have an addictive personality. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and well, if jacking on will make strangers think I'm cool, I'll do it. Um, a visual Sh- gag? Uh-huh. Yeah, sorry, I was vi- going to do a visual. Go for oh, it. I hope it's, it's the same one. When Fry is looking at the clock and the clock has a millennium counter, like an oh yeah yeah like the way yeah yeah like the way a clock would have like the slow counter for days that I thought was delightful. I thought a visual just style thing. I really liked the R Crumb way that Addict Bender walks all honky tonk towards camera down the street. Oh yeah, Uh, and the line, hey. Do I preach at you when you're lying stoned in the gutter? <laughs> yes, I wrote that down. Oh, that's so good. Um, um, Hermes, oh, Hermes starts a proud tradition. This is the simplest version of this joke we'll ever get, and it's a double beat. He says, our electric bill's been rising around here faster than a green snake up a sugar cane. <laughs> and then, um, yep. Later on, he says, man, I'm hungrier than a green snake in a sugar cane field. Very simple. Very simple two beat joke, but man, that will become one of the more elaborate running gags in Futurama. So keep an eye on that gag. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, fun fry line. Uh, it's just like when my friend Richie swore he wasn't taking drugs, then he sold my mom's VCR, and then later I found out he was taking drugs, which also feels very fry, right? Mm-hmm. Good news, everyone. Today you'll be delivering a crate of subpoenas to Sicily <laughs> 8, the mob planet. I love the idea of a planet that's only organized crime. Yes. Because who are they making money off of? What do they do? <laughs> it makes no sense. I know Big Vinny said he was giving me the kiss of death, but I still think he was gay. That's uh, after the mob planet. Yeah. Bender, we didn't mind your drinking, your kleptomania, or your pornography ring. And then Zoidberg says, in fact, that's why we loved yes. you. <laughs> I love the real the realization, because they don't go back to it, that Bender publishes pornography. Like, yeah. that's just one of his things. <laughs> yeah, he has a ring. Yeah. Uh, my friends, I found religion. Ugh. Is this another scam to get free yarmulkes? <laughs> Oh, that's a great line. Um, I you you alluded to it, the part where he looks at the church and goes, Maybe there's another way. And then hard cut to him using the church sign mm-hmm. to do drugs. In the name of all that is good and logical, we give thanks for the chemical energy we are about to <laughs> absorb. <laughs> I just love the delivery on Oh, that. I like the follow up to quote the prophet. 
Jeromatic one zero 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 one zero one zero one zero one zero and so on. I love it Two. whenever they do the binary jokes like that. Yeah. Drinking wine is a sin, even if it is deliciously fortified. <laughs> uh Farnsworth, if only he had joined a mainstream religion like Oprahism or Voodoo. Or oh, Voodoo. Uh you know. I may be a big Hollywood director currently casting my next movie, and even though you're all young and naive, I think you just might have what it takes. <laughs> um, I love that he puts I, on a towel to get out of the spa, and oh, yeah? then the towel falls off, making you imagine his penis. <laughs> um, I think my favorite exchange, because it's just nice and simple, is when they're trying to turn Bender and he says, stop tempting me for once in my life. I have inner peace. Fry says, Psh, that's for losers. I like when he's getting taken to hell and he, uh, says, ah, oh, hell. <laughs> I mean, heck. <laughs> yes. and the devil no, says, that's all right. You can say that right. here. You can say that here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, this is, um, a great Leo line, which is, do you know how to play the fiddle? Fry says, no, do you? And she goes, no, but I used to play drums. They're sort of similar. Mm -hmm. And the, of course, the callback of time for a drum solo right before she hits right. him with the, <laughs> right. wouldn't a giant fiddle, wouldn't a giant gold fiddle play crummy? It's more of a showpiece. Um, I, just because they're song lyrics, we can't forget mm. that they're still good lines. Please stop sinning while I'm singing. Selling bootleg tapes is wrong. Musicians need that income to survive. I really like. And I also like, come on, Fry, don't be scared. I'm sure at least one of us will be spared. <laughs> yes. Uh, you'll suffer till the end of time, enduring tortures, most of which rhyme knee deep in electric slime. Also good. Oh, man. The. Uh, then, mm -hmm. Oh, no, I was just going to say, we, I, we probably touched on it. This is the introduction of the robot devil and the robot preacher. Yeah. Is it both? Okay. Sorry, yeah. what were you going to say? Well, you already mentioned the end of the line, but the beginning is, what happens if we lose? You'll only win a smaller silver fiddle. Yes. Also, I guess I'll kill one of you. Uh, him. <gasps> we'll do it. <laughs> um, he plays with three hands while we're boned. Don't worry, guys. I'll never be too good or too evil again. From now on, I'll just be me. Do you think you could be a little less evil than that? <laughs> I don't know. Do you think you could survive a 700-foot fall? Oh. <laughs> uh, Linerama. Linerama. Everyone's um, favorite. Literally us just reading quotes of stuff we didn't write. That we, that we are delighted by. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Us performing them not as well as the voice actors. It's all right. I like the deep philosophical digging into shit stuff, but they like the quotes from the show. Why do you know that they... Are you asking... Are you talking to them? Yeah, I talk to him. Oh, that's fucking. I see him around. Yeah, yeah. We, no, I, uh, I don't ask them nothing. We breathe each other's air. We yeah. get Delta variant together. Next up, an exciting new segment where we boldly determine which show did it better. Known on the streets as Maximum Warp Overdrive. Knock it up a notch. Bam, something, something. What nine? Knock it up a notch. Maximum Warp. Think it so. Engage. No, don't engage. Um, energize. Nicely done. I didn't even ask for permission that time. I'm sorry. No, that was perfect. No, that was, I'm fucking, I'm, this, that was great. A refreshing new segment 
Yeah. For you and your I'm whole breathless. family. Breathless. Um, um, as that guy said, this is where we uh, basically just weigh in on which show we think tackled the trope better. This one being a charlatan devil. Uh, and context. I think it's important that, A, the devil's contextualized in a way that fits the universe. It's not literally the devil or they would win because the right. devil can't be stopped. <laughs> and uh, and B, as you said, uh, the arc is about learning that, you know, it was inside you all along. Like you just had to choose to be Bender. Or in the case of Star Trek, you were doing fine. Just be yourself. You were already a society. Yeah. Stop doing mass suicides and you'll be all right. Um, so what? who do you think, David? What are you I thinking? Where are you am on, this on one? the fence. I would say Futurama, I don't like, I didn't find it as good with the one-liners, but like that robot devil sequence is kind of classic, you know? Um, I would say Devil's Due is a kind of a lukewarm uh, Star Trek episode. I enjoy it, but I think it's not one that people tend to remember. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're judging this on how they tackled the subject. Yes. So I would say probably Devil's Due. And speak to that. Because how they tackle starts, the subject in a good way. <laughs> because it starts from the idea that these people, but like the robot devil, there's never any like confusion about what the robot devil is. Mm -hmm. um, it's also doesn't take up a huge tr chunk. Like the Futurama episode spends a lot of time on addiction. I, I think it's hard because the, uh, yeah, see, this is why I'm on the fence. Futurama is tackling a very real idea, which is that getting clean and turning to religion can be a problem. Can overcorrect. Yeah. And overcorrect where Star Trek is talking about a society and sort of making decisions based off this long going, like it's a broader, it's a broader subject. Right. I would say, um, you know, I might switch it then. Cause I think, uh, uh, hell, what is this one called? Hell is other robots. Hell is other robots. Yeah, I think that one probably is more helpful to people as a message than Star Trek, which is more like preachy. Uh, I think it's also paced better. Act one, uh, drug addiction. Act two, religion addiction. Act three, fighting the devil. Yeah. I found, I'm definitely giving it to Futurama. Um, yeah, I'm going to so also give it to Futurama. There yeah. Because I think, I do remember after the song hit, thinking because you know this is season one of futurama i was watching it live i'm coming up into it as a simpsons fan that's the main reason i'm coming in right i'm hoping right. it'll live up to the golden era of the simpsons and i remember that song being one of the moments where i'm like this does hold up with like yeah you know mr burns and the 101 dalmatians this is good shit this is the song's very good um so i really liked this episode i remember it having a big impact on me uh when i first saw it and I'm, i still think it handles 
the topic yeah. better. I think it's more clever how the devil's integrated into the like Scientology system. Whereas in Devil's Do, I think the trial was a clunky way to get out of it. I think it's sort of dumb how they just quickly at the end, at the beginning they go, she's a charlatan. We're literally, we're starting with a Scrooge scene where Data says, you're probably just a bit of cheese. Then it turns out she is just a bit of cheese. It's just indigestion, right. so to speak. She was a charlatan. We always knew she was a charlatan. We prove it in not spectacular fashion. She gets hauled off to jail. It's a little Scooby-Doo for me. I think the Futurama takes it. Yeah, I think so too. I, I agree. Although I as I'm scanning through rap I would notes, say, well, there is a good line in that opening scene of the Star Trek that I wanted to shout out because I forgot to. Uh first of all, Data is a method actor, which means yes. he's obnoxious. Secondly, they say that's an old fashioned approach, which is interesting because I wonder what the modern cutting edge acting approach is in the 24th century, like what the Daniel Day Lewis of that day is doing. And thirdly, Data has a line, I will use performance to create emotional awareness to fully understand humanity. I'm just going to say that's a good technique. Sometimes if you're depressed or you feel hollowed out inside, if you just move your body the way a uh, happy person would, meaning the happy person would go on a hike today because it's beautiful outside. Force yourself to. You can fake it and then like it will lift the depression. Like, I've heard that. Yeah. It's, it's a wild thing. because that sounds <laughs> like a really annoying thing to tell people, but everybody mm -hmm. says it's correct. Um, I also, pretend to be they're, happy, they're... force myself to smile. It's so hard to do, but it does yeah. help. Uh, I think the, the way they do acting now is it's inner light style. Where they live a lifetime, they beam. Oh. That's what that's what I'm guessing. Um, I was going to Futurama fungus style, where they suck your oh yeah energy. Yeah. One thing I will say about the Futurama episode is, I I don't they're like I I like them. Um, I don't think they're a big problem, but I think Futurama, um, doesn't do great with guest stars. I think guest stars always distract me from the episode. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like The Simpsons. I don't think it should have guest stars. Or I think those are some of the weaker episodes often. Because they Maybe have to episodes, spend... But I think they have some of the finest cameos. I'm thinking specifically that of said, Al, the star, Al the star, Gore's head. Oh, yeah. The uh, cameos are great. The Star yeah. Trek episode is great. But most of the time, like with the BC Boys in this, it felt like they were told, like, yeah, you have to. we have to be in it for X amount of time. You have to spend this much time. You know what I mean? Where it's like, it, it almost felt distracting. The Beastie um, Boys feel shoehorned in for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What, how do you feel? Well, we'll wait till we get to that episode, but I was going to ask how you feel about Beck, the use of Beck as such a major character. Oh my character. God. I think they, I think they did really good with it, but I do think Beck also felt shoehorned because there's that whole thing where Fry gets like the hippie van mm -hmm. um, and, and Bender wants to play like bluegrass. Yeah. And that's not Beck. Like Beck right. doesn't fit with that. Um right. and so it did feel like they just like were like, well, we have Beck. And it's like, can we get anybody else? Can we get like Willie Nelson? No, we have Beck. And it's like, all right, I guess we'll use Beck. Like the Huff Beck. Yeah, it feel it's it's like the Star Trek one works because it feels like it was naturally written around that. You know what I mean? Right. Whereas like the Beastie Boys is another example. They could be anybody. Um, they could be any artist, really. True. I don't know. Uh, 
that's that's all I have to say. What what section are we in? We're in the who did it better, right? And we both said Futurama, which means we're done with that section. So now we're doing open hailing frequencies. Frequencies open, sir. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. There, I just put the whatever sound clip in there. (laughs) Pretend it spewed out of my open throat. Mm -hmm. This is the fan Q&A segment where we A your Qs. And uh, I have the tweet up, but I'm basically, I always forget to pre-prep for this. You know, (laughs) pre-prepare. Oh, yeah. uh, You want to talk about something else while you're looking through them? No, I'm... You see, there's there's a new Turner and Hooch series. Did no, you hear about no, that? No, we're not doing that. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to. I, I, I have so little interest in Turner and Hooch. Uh, don't get me started. Dan Clark at Hervos asks, Slurm or Gah? Ooh. I think it's easy. One is addictive and one is famously disgusting, right? Even though yeah. Slurm is actually still disgusting because it's- What is Gah? Like, what is the- the uh, ingredients. Gach is worms that are alive. Yeah, slurm I'll go is with slurm. worm, but slurm is worm shit. Wouldn't the shit of a worm theoretically be grosser than? I, all right, I a don't worm? know if did this person know what they were doing there because it's perfect. That's a perfect comparison because the the thing the problem with our society mm-hmm. and the consumption of other living creatures is our need to sugarcoat it, in my opinion. Um, like, I see no problem with someone hunting a deer and watching it die and eating it, mm-hmm. whereas someone buying, like, this processed meat that was made through this dystopian process of grinding up, you know, the flesh of a pig that was slaughtered in a factory that lived in a cage its whole life is disturbing. So slurm is actually the more disturbing drink by that, by that like metric where yeah it's a worm kept captive that has to shit all the time whereas gah is just yeah we got we dug up some worms we got some worms and we're eating them so like neither so you're it's but an if ethical I had question to, more than a if, grossness thing yeah if i had to choose one to exist i would say gah but like i wouldn't want to yeah. eat any of either of them but does it change your mind that slurm is the worms are sentient, intelligent creatures and they choose to, they want to shit the goo out that you eat. They're oh, happy. you're right. Well, they Slurms like McKenzie. It. It's not like McKenzie is Slurms McKenzie is tired. Um, but, but you're most right. Of the, you're right. Most Sorry. Of the worms that actually, that actually changes it for me because if it's, if cows were like selling their own milk, Mm-hmm. then yeah i, then I guess good on to. the cows yeah okay i'm more yeah i'm back around to slurm all the yeah. way especially because it's the equivalent of a i imagine it being like a viscous soda oh which yeah I it, could deal it with. sounds delicious yeah um but yeah the fact that they they the 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 animals being exploited have agency and are doing it to themselves makes it a little better although i really have to see like you know, like some sort of expose on how the factories work um, in order to really 
fully understand. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So with the information I have, though, Slurm seems like the better pick. Yeah. Um, It's like a whole TV show, Turner and Hooch. Um, I think I don't think it's just a movie. Christian J at CX Jones X asks. What video game studio, or I guess similar game style? I think they're trying to give us an out if we don't know studios by name, but I know most of them. If you can name games by them, I'll, I think I'll know who you mean. Uh, what video game studio would you like to see get a Star Trek or Futurama game? I think that's hmm. actually good. Or like what pairs well? Um, because I don't think, I mean, Futurama, maybe there's been a Futurama game, but there's no been no notable Futurama games. Star Trek, there's been a few, but I don't think any of them are even Bridge Crew. Bridge Crew does what it sets out to do. Not, but no Crew Star Trek like, game blew me away. It's going to say Other Bridge Crew. Like Mass Effect, which is essentially a Star Trek right. game. <laughs> Bridge Crew is the only good Star Trek game that I know of. Um, they fun. tend they tend to make them like role playing or like strategy games, I think. Right. Um, Futurama. I would say Futurama would run into the same issue where it's if you go too big. Like, there's certain things that I want to see as open world games. Um, neither Futurama or Star Trek are those things in my head, at least. Um, I would say for Futurama, a side scroller would be really fun. Like a 2D mm. uh, old school side scroller uh, where you play as like, it's like Ninja Turtles or X-Men where you can pick out the characters to play as. Yeah. I could see a hotline Miami clone from Devolver Digital for Futurama fuck around game. Um, right. I think for Star Trek, I'd really want uh, that combination of TNG specifically, the combination of the feeling of, planning and then action like the 50 50 mix of planning and mulling over philosophical questions versus action so a game that reminds me of a format i'd love is age of wonders planetfall which is by uh forget the game studio now but uh the studio that does age of wonders planetfall which is sort of like if you've ever played sid meyer civilization that's the world map and then if you've ever played XCOM or any game like XCOM, like when you get into battles on the world map, it zooms in and becomes XCOM. So it's like a combination of civilization XCOM. And I would love a Star Trek version of that where like with some fallout elements or some uh, Hades-esque storytelling elements, meaning like when you're up in the ship, you plan shit, you make difficult moral decisions that affect stats or story path. Then when you're down in the field, you're, you know, maybe right. building up a Starfleet colony and then also managing your away team, you know, blasting. See, for me, the thing, the thing I want the most is immersion, uh, which is why a VR bridge crew really works mm-hmm. for me. But I would say I would actually want bridge crew just a little, actually a little more open world, to be honest, even though I said it probably shouldn't be an open world game where like you like almost like cyberpunk where you kind yeah. of just can walk around the ship and like interact with people and go to 10 forward, like a role playing, like a, like a Knights of the old Republic. Um, but first person and you're just on the enterprise and you have to like work out a story that's mm-hmm. happening. 
um, I guess you would be the captain, probably. I don't know. It's hard because if it's, if this is a TNG game, no, you got you work your way up from ensign to captain over the course of a career. That would be cool. Because the question is also: Is this are we making a game based on the next generation? Just a straight up TNG, TNG yeah. game. That's harder. That's harder for me. I think what you talked about would be the best well, version you, of that. What would be another? I just want something that makes me feel like I'm on the Enterprise and I can walk around the Enterprise. And right. I can, and and we can explore the galaxy, uh, and like get into all sorts sort of scraps, and you know where like, yeah, you're 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 Picard, and like you start every day of being like captain. There's a signal coming from this area. There's this happening here. There's this happening here. Where do you want to go? Every now and then, the it's like, oh, Starfleet is saying that we have to fight the Borg or something like that. Um, and I want it to never end. Yeah. So an MMO. Yeah. Okay. So I just Blizzard, wanna, maybe. I don't know. I yeah. I just want kind of a a better version because the problem with Bridge Crew is you can't play it solo, mm-hmm. and the, the it's very repetitive. Right. But everything else about the how that game works, I love because it it immerses me into that universe. I just want the entire ship. And just a little, like, a, you know, more, more options, yeah. more, more levels, more things to do. Jacob Borg. Ooh. At Jamobo Borg uh, asks us, and not answering is futile, Dave, I'll have you now. What album would be a great soundtrack for a sci-fi film? So I like this because you can answer in theoretically one word uh, uh, album. Will, it's not song album? by song. You're not building a playlist. What so album? You, so I'm only considering perfect albums or, you know, albums that I consider to have no weak tracks. If you had to say I'm writing a sci-fi epic and the soundtrack is this specific album, which album would you select, my friend? Is it cheating to say the Blade Runner soundtrack? Yeah, I think so, but I'll allow it. All right, good. It's highly unusual, but is that your pick? Yeah, it's a great sci-fi album. Mine's uh, Doolittle by the Pixies, I think, would make a great sci-fi soundtrack. Pixies would be fun. It depends on what you're doing. Um, I'm thinking of a Battlestar Galactica, a lot of handheld space combat. It would would depend, because I would love to use a Prodigy album, (laughs) just because I think it would be funny. Not... Not for Mozart. any other reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could you imagine Picard putting on Firestarter and then being like, oh, a classic. <laughs> oh, yeah. ACDCs. <laughs> Just like, yeah. hell's bells as they shoot yeah. at Ferengi traders and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think there's something to doing something really kind of stupid for, for, because sci-fi... Mm-hmm. It's that thing where it's like you're choosing music for sci-fi. You're going to choose like, yeah, like, you know, the 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 stuff shit that sounds like the Blade Runner soundtrack. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I would try to go somewhere weird with it. I'm not exactly sure where at the moment. Okay. Um, but I'm going to say the Blade Runner soundtrack or Prodigy. Okay. Any Prodigy album. Fuck it. I would say a mashup of those two things would work very well. Oh, yeah. Long. Yeah. Um, hey, 
My hey. friend, Dave, How tell are me you? more about this Turner and Hooch show. Um, Is that well, what it I, was? Turner and Hooch? Yeah. All right. Hold on. I had the IMDb up. No. Hold on. Let me get it back up. Oh, God. Uh, I, no, Josh what I actually, Peck, Peck okay. plays Turner. I don't know who I that should, is. Yeah. What I was um, actually going to ask is, um, how would you feel about this one being a freebie? I mean, it's your, it's on yours this time. That's what I, I was going to say to balance out, because we had a freebie recently on, Gamefully. If you want to. All right. Look, look, that's between... Yeah, that's that's up to you. I'm not going to stop you, man. I liked our hell talk. I think people will like our after. Yeah, shit. we're so we're so charismatic, and it's the season finale, right? Um, yeah. Well, technically, isn't the Titanic one the finale? Wait, no, isn't that the premiere of season two? Futurama. I'm looking this up. Uh, so I don't know. You got to stretch. You got to talk about uh, Turner and Hooch. Season oh, two, episode one. I second that emotion. Okay, is the so then, episode ten in the first season of Futurama? Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. I I guess season I don't one, know episode why 10. I thought that was. Well, I've completely misbuilt this entire episode as a season no, finale. I but under- I'm still going to make it free. Okay, that's there's fine. a flight to remember Mars University when aliens attack and fry in the slurm factory. So their season one finale was fry in the slurm factory. Apparently. I don't know how we're, what we're going to match up a flight to remember with. I mean, I have a few ideas, but. uh, Well, it's the Titanic one, right? Yeah. So like, uh, uh, obviously you think, oh, it's disaster, but I don't Mm. know if that actually, that one actually matches up. We'll have to watch and find out. Uh, I think it might be, but we'll see. There's been I'm a like, few. I think you may have nailed it. Just well, there's now. a few episodes where the where With the a uh, space disaster. Yeah, where the ship is like in peril. There's yeah. none where the the Enterprise explodes. No, but um, maybe we'll find a black hole floating out there. I yeah, think there's that a few like the, that. The iceberg analog is a black hole, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, or we could go to my th- thing where I always make data bender and find one where data falls in love with another robot does he ever have a relationship with another robot i don't think so no he just fucks humans yeah he exclusively fucks humans and hey speaking of fucking humans fuck all you humans no we're not done we're not done plugs i forgot there's plugs we're kind of done um no but at least say the name of that jason parjan thing so people oh, can find that yeah. Shit. I think we landed on why blockbusters bore us, which is kind of misleading. Okay. Um, but we're we're starting that up. That's that'll that'll go up the first episode on um geez, July 31st. Those are gonna be free. Tom is away for a little bit, so we're finding creative yeah. things to do uh to like fill in the gap while he's gone. That's being one of them. Uh but if people are interested. The other half of this podcast is uh, found on Gamefully Unemployed, which is patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. Uh, yep. We have other exclusive podcasts on there, like like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman and Fox Mulder is a Maniac. Uh, that's all. And soon why Blockbusters bore us. So look for that. Sorry, yeah. this is on Friday, but you're oh, welcome we're, that we're, it's free. Yeah. And that podcast is specifically about the, the video chain. What? Oh. <laughs> 
yeah and it's just it's just b-o-a-r because exactly, you're obsessed with boar, exactly right? that's that's what it's that's what that's about blockbuster the ruins of old blockbusters are where all these boars are where spawning. all the boars are and they yeah. bore us yeah <laughs> exactly uh okay bye <laughs> this has been a small beans endeavor we're a bunch of pals who make podcasts sketches music web series and movies the beans always have new ideas percolating so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash small beans that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash small beans where you can browse all of our current and past content see what we've got planned in the future and learn how your support can help the small beans grow into huge giant monster beans if you enjoyed this content module please like rate subscribe or tell a friend about us we love you